welcome to the JC and Bill Sportscast, where it's all sports, and that's all. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Mostly. Mostly, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm Bill. I'm JC. And we have a lot to talk about this week. Um, the NFL heating up with some big games coming up this week. Um, we've got the college football playoff is all set. Hockey news, baseball, Hall of Fame. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So much, so much to talk about. Um, yeah, there is. Yeah. You know, you've got the good, the bad, and the Arizona Coyotes not paying their bills. Uh, yeah, I'm you know. still trying to figure that one out, but <laughs> it's not taking my, it's not no. taking up my whole life. So, no. Me neither. But, so. <laughs> but I guess on a, I guess, I guess we will start with, with the sad news of the passing of DT. Over oh, the yeah, last, the I think it was Thursday night, it broke, and then the tornadoes that hit the uh, Kentucky and those places. Yeah. So um, we wish the. Well, uh, well, I'll start with the with the tornadoes. Um, as of right now. There have been reported, I think, 50 dead from the tragedy yeah. down there. Um, I'm sure with hundreds, if not thousands more, uh, without power or um, just so much sad stuff to hear on that. Um, I have an aunt that actually lives in Arkansas. So, uh, I'm just hoping that she's doing all right. Um, just, just an unfortunate thing to hear about, no matter what time of the year, uh, but especially during the Christmas season, to hear some sad news about that. Uh, our thoughts yep. definitely go out to everybody that is affected um, by that tornado. Yep. And then uh, Demarius Thomas, like you said, uh, Thursday was found dead uh, in his home. He apparently went into cardiac arrest. Was only in his mid to late 30s. Which I think is, he was 33, wasn't he? Yeah, that that's sad. That's such uh, a young age. It's young. Yeah. Uh, so the Denver Broncos this Sunday for their game against the Lions are going to have uh, decals on their helmets and uh, other tributes on the field and on their jerseys. And we'll also have a moment of silence for him on Sunday. Uh, one, one football player has even suggested, I'm not going to say requested, but suggested that they retire his number. Which might not be a bad Ooh, idea. Yeah. Nope. I mean, he did win him a Super Bowl. He broke the record for more receptions against the Seahawks. He was a he was a hell of a player his time in Denver and well represented the community, so um, I think it would be a good idea. I do have his numbers in front of me. He... 
had 9,763 yards, 63 touchdowns, uh, 61% catching, which is pretty doggone good. Uh, caught 724 ca- uh, passes thrown to him. Averaged 13 and a half yards a rush per catch, which is pretty good. That's more than a first down and then some. Uh, yep. Nine years with the with the uh, Broncos was traded in the middle of the 2018 season to the Texans, and last played in 2019 for the Jets. Yeah, and he was part of the. He was part of those the years when he signed, I think, a four-year deal or twenty-two million a year. And same with Des Bryant, I think they got the exact same numbers. Mm-hmm. But still, such a young age, thirty-three. Man, that's yep. So, for us here, like to say the the J.C. Bill show our condolences to yep. everybody. Absolutely. Back to the tornadoes to DT's. Family to the Bronco family, you know, at the end of the day, we're all one big family as it is. So, you know, absolutely. sad to say, absolutely. Um, let's stick with football because we are in a very interesting week coming up as far as games go and how the playoff picture is looking. Um, We'll start with the playoff picture, and uh, we'll we'll start with the AFC, where right now, the New England Patriots, if the season ended today, I know that's the the most overused thing in sports, but it's true, they would be the number one seed. They would have the first round bye. Uh, Then we have a three-way tie between Tennessee, Baltimore, and Kansas City, and then your three wildcard teams are are in a three-way tie, the Chargers, Bengals, and Bills, with Indianapolis a half game behind, Las Vegas is a game behind, also I believe Pittsburgh is a game behind as well, Cleveland and the mentioned Denver Broncos are also in it, and the Dolphins are still in the mix as well. The only team eliminated from playoff contention from either side are the Houston Texans. Yes. Even, Even the Detroit Lions have a shot at the playoffs. Yeah, I, I saw the ways that they have a shot. It's <laughs> ridiculous. It, it, it would take us an hour to get through it. Um, Jacksonville is somehow they, still alive. I don't know how. Until after this week. Yeah, I, yeah, it'll end after this week. You're right. I mean, it'll end this week, and I think Urban Meyer's time as a head coach will end as well. Probably. I think it's the news has come out today that they're not the Jags aren't happy, the players aren't happy. So I think he is done. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the NFC, the Arizona Cardinals, who have the best record in football, are currently the number one seed. Meanwhile, Green Bay and Tampa are one game behind Arizona for the number one seed. Dallas is two games behind. And then the wild card picture, the Rams are only two games behind Arizona. They got a big Monday night game there, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And then Washington and San Francisco are the other two wild card teams 
with Minnesota getting a big win Thursday night, along with Philadelphia, Carolina, Atlanta, and New Orleans still in the mix. The Giants, the Bears, and Seattle, they're still in it, but would have to do a lot of work between now and the end of the season to get into the playoffs. And the Lions, like JC said, they are still in it somehow at 110 and 1. Uh, they are still in the picture. Um, and we do have some scenarios this week. The Arizona Cardinals can clinch a playoff berth with a win or a tie, or San Francisco loses, New Orleans loses or ties, and the Atlanta Carolina game ends in a tie. Probably bet your money on yep. the first one. Yes. Green Bay can clinch a playoff berth with a win and a New Orleans loss or tie and a San Francisco loss, or they win, the Saints lose, the Rams lose, and the 49ers tie. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can clinch the NFC South with a win, a New Orleans loss or tie, and a Carolina loss or tie. Yep. And that it's, is uh, all the scenarios. That, yeah, and as the weeks go on, we'll get more and more scenarios, but it's, uh, you know, it's going to be an exciting week of football, I think, this weekend, more than any. Yeah. I mean, you've still got... I mean, you got the Tennessee Titans playing the Jags, who could who could eliminate the Jags this week? Uh, they probably will. You know, yeah. But then I think Tennessee did lose to the Jags already once. Mm-hmm. So, you know, anything's possible. It's uh, the Cardinals, like you said, Cardinals Rams, huge game on Monday night. Huge. The Rams have not looked good at all. Stafford's hurt. It just, you know, they're kind of just, I, I can't explain it. Arizona just keeps, seems to keep rolling with all these injuries. Mm-hmm. And then you got the big game with Dallas and Washington this week. Boy, you ain't right? kidding. Dallas, Dallas wins, they win the division. Pretty much. It, it's kind of a foregone conclusion. Yeah. But if Washington can win, then look out. And... And Dallas hasn't been playing well either. Yeah. And with Washington, uh, I've said this before, their last five games, including the one they play tomorrow, are all division games. So Washington, their whole season rides on these five division games. Yep. Yeah, they got to get it going. And it starts with a date with Dallas. Realistically, as a Washington fan, if Washington goes three and two these last five games, I think they're in as a wild card. Yep. Realistically. Four and one pretty much seals it. And if they run the table five and all seals it. Yeah, if they run the table, they pretty much could win the division. Yep. So that yeah, remains uh, who, who would have thought? Who would have thought that would have happened when Dallas took off of a big lead? Looked like they're unstoppable, and now we get to 
week 14. And, I mean, Philly still has a chance. Maybe not for the division. Washington has a huge chance. And who would have thought, Not, not I don't mean to interrupt you, who would have thought when you asked me a month and a half ago what Washington's problem was, and I answered that we'd be talking about the, the possibility of Washington making the playoffs and possibly winning the division. Yep. Crazy, eh? It is. It really is. Crazy how things could turn around. Mm-hmm. And we got, you know, some teams have five games left. And, I mean, the NFC is far from being maybe the top couple seats might be already pretty much a guarantee, but... It's the order that has to be determined. Yeah. And I think the wild card's wide open. Even the Rams are are in trouble. San Fran's in trouble. Washington, right, could come up there. Minnesota's looking a little... I don't... You don't know what you're going to get from Minnesota. Yeah. Right? You got Philly. You got the Saints. You got the Panthers. You got the Falcons. Like, I don't recall a year where just about every team at this point of the, of the season still has a chance. I mean, if if we... Well, we, we are serious here, but if we can be serious for a minute. Of the teams that we mentioned, the one that I feel confident in saying they're not going to get in at right now are the Giants. Because Daniel Jones yeah. is hurt. Uh, I think their backup got hurt. And now they're on Jake Fromm who was a big quarterback at Georgia, who's never started an NFL game. I think the Giants are done. Yeah, too many injuries. They got Denver this week. Or no, they got, uh, who they got this week? They got the Chargers this week. The Chargers. And the Chargers are missing their, could be missing two of their top wide receivers. Keenan Allen is out. Mike Williams has to test negative. Right. So, it's. Uh, I think the Giants are out. I mean, as yeah. much as it sounds funny, the Seahawks still have a chance. They got, they have the Texans, they have the Lions, they got the Cardinals at the end of the year. They've got the Rams. And guess who the other, the other team they got? Uh, Let me. They got one more in there. I think the Bears. Yeah, they got the Bears. I mean, so, they could go three and two, maybe, from the way you're saying it, and could probably still miss the playoffs. Yep. Um, I don't know what's going on with Carolina. It seems like ever since Cam came back, they had that one great game against Arizona, and then they just took a nosedive. I think the loser of the Carolina-Atlanta game, while mathematically they would still be in it, they're going to be out whoever loses, theoretically. Yeah. Because that's going to be too... I think that's going to be too much for the lo- or for the loser of that game to make up. That, that really is, with four weeks to go. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's going to be tough. New Orleans, I, I don't know about them. 
I mean, I, I don't know what they're going to be able to do. Chicago, I think, is kind of in a position where if they don't win Sunday night, they're done for. But the two that you mentioned, Minnesota and Philly, Minnesota almost blew a huge lead against the Steelers. And they could have lost that game. Could have lost that game. And then with Philly, they got Minshew because um, Fields is injured at the moment. And they got a good tight end with Goddard, but I don't know if Philly's got the package to make it to the playoffs. Well, losing to the Giants two weeks ago hurt. Yeah. Right, that was a huge blow to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they stole the Cowboys. Weeks once, I think they got the Redskins twice. Yeah. Or the football team, or the Razorbacks, or whatever the hell they're going to call themselves. Right. The, the Red Bills. Armadillos. <laughs> yeah. Or the Williams. They so, should call themselves the Williams. Yeah, Washington Williams, W W W Square. Na- name it after me. Washington, there we go. Yeah, Washington William the <laughs> Second. <laughs> um, but I mean, I'll, I'll say one thing. Like, I mean, as much as a lot of people are laughing about it, Seattle still has a chance. The way the other schedules are lining up, they do. Right, they got two tough games with the Rams and the Cardinals, and playing the Cardinals is the last game of the year. Who knows if they're going to play everybody? That's that's very right? true. So I'm not saying it's a it's a gimme by any means. Mm-hmm. But they could go four and one. You but know their offense has to come alive. That's the the yeah. key thing. Their offense has to come alive. They cannot play a game like they did with Washington, where they throw the Metcalf once or twice. They can't play the same game they did against the 49ers, even though they won, where they came from behind to win that game. They can't have another one of those games. Otherwise, they're done. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, get some wins so you don't give up a top 10 pick to the Jets. Mm-hmm. That's the main thing. You know, you should be able to go 3-2 and two at least, maybe 4-1. and one. I mean, hey, they might run the table. You never know. Russ is starting to look better. He's starting to throw the ball better. Yeah. You know, it's one of those teams that is a dark horse right now that's everybody's kind of eliminated, but they're still in it. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple weeks from now, we could be saying, you know, they're tied with everybody else. Let's go, right? And, I mean, it's going to be exciting. This is what this is what we sign up for, December football. Mm-hmm. And it's either you know, going to drive you start nuts Saturday or... games. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's either going to drive you nuts or it's going to make you happy. Yeah, exactly. And next week we start Saturday games. So it's getting the crunch time. And then with the AFC, and and I and I want to give you know all due to the AFC as well. Want to devote a little bit of time to them. The wild card race is so interesting because you have the Colts, who are finally on their bye week. They're a half game out. Could be tied with somebody by the end of this week. 
You have the Raiders still in the mix. The Steelers are in the mix somehow. Cleveland and Denver are in the mix. And Miami, who was given up for dead a few weeks ago, are still in the picture. What, they were what, one in seven and one five in a row? Yeah. So, you know, so, again, you can't count anybody out except for Houston. <laughs> well, yeah. And Jacksonville and Detroit. And I think the Giants. I think there's four but, teams right now we can kind of scrap. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you which team is under the most pressure this week. And that's the Bills. They have yes. to win this game against Tampa. Because you you yep. had them not only going to the Super Bowl, but winning the Super Bowl. Winning and the Super Bowl right, with Josh Allen MVP. Right. And they are right now barely in the playoffs. They need this game. They need to win this game. If they don't, they're in big trouble. Yeah. Yeah, they they are, and I'll tell you something. They're they're old nemesis. Tom Brady. Nemesis. Tom Brady will be behind the hell who could once again give the Bills heartache for for another year. I I, I think I think I saw a stat the other day. And if you're a Bills fan, I, I apologize for what I'm about to say. Tom Brady is 32-3 and three career against the Bills. Yep. 32-3. He's, he's had more trouble with the Miami Dolphins than he has the Bills. Yeah. Absolutely. So, figure that one out. Um... And then I'll tell you another game that looks interesting is Baltimore and Cleveland because Baltimore, they had that heartbreaking loss at Pittsburgh last week. They're kind, they're, they're starting to get banged up again. And then you have Cleveland who is still in the mix, not only for the wild card, but they're still in the mix for the division. They're only two games out of first place. And if they win Sunday, you know, you you have a three-team race, basic. Well, no, you know what? It would still be a four-team race, but Cleveland's chances would improve, I would think. Yeah, after Baker Mayfield gets booed off the field, after his and comments, he, and he fast, gives and more he goes uh, home boots, for the first time, and he gives more boots back to Alice Cooper. Yep. I'll tell you what, like you say, man, I mean, the Bengals had a chance. They blew it against the Chargers last week. Ravens are looking to struggle. Steelers are a former shell themselves. I mean, Chubb's back. They're just coming off their bye week, headed home. It's going to be very interesting. This, so. this has to be one of the best seasons that I can remember in a long time. Because there are so many teams that still have a legit shot to get to the end. Yep. And we're in just about the middle of December. 
Yeah, no, I, like I said, buckle up, NFL fans. This is what you wanted. Mm-hmm. This is what you wanted. You are going to get it. Boy, are and we ever going to It's going to be fun. I mean, Christmas Day, we got two, two games. Right? Mm-hmm. We got a bunch of games on Boxing Day. And then we got the following week, you got a ton of games. Yep. So, it's going to be exciting. We're ready. The scenarios will keep building up, and we're going to see what happens. I think it's going to be very interesting. I think there will be some surprises. I'm probably going to be more stressed than you will tomorrow because of the game that I've got (laughs) over yours. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to be pulling my hair out tomorrow. (laughs) Cowboys and the Skins against where I got the Seahawks and the Texans in Houston. You have the easier game to watch. Just admit it. Uh, I do, but it's Seattle. You never know what's going to happen. Speaking of the Seattle Seahawks, guess who got his horn back? <laughs> you know, I was, I was kind of. Oh, <laughs> well, that should be over now. I was kind of expecting some kind of message from your wife. Thanking me for making that bet <laughs> with you a couple weeks ago. <laughs> she probably and just like, in time. Sweat. She probably was like, "Bill, you have no idea." <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, God. And and the phone and I or sorry the horn is just in time for the new hiring of the Vancouver Canucks management and head coaches. Yeah, can they're we scoring talk about goals, that? they're playing well. Oh, yes, we can. Because Bruce, yeah, there it is. Bruce Boudreau. Oh, you, man. You guys lose like 10 plus games in a row, and now you get, you know, Bucci. And now look at where you guys are. I mean, you. I remember that game. They played the Pittsburgh Penguins, they lost 4 to 1. They got booed off the ice. Jersey was throwing. You had the chance of fire bending. And then all of a sudden, things started rolling. Monday, they hire Boudreaux. Or Sunday, or Monday, I think it was. Sunday. It's Monday, he, he's coaching. They're up 4 nothing against the Los Angeles Kings, who are no pushover. No. And fan, the fans start chanting, Bruce, there it is. And they start playing, playing the... The theme or the song from Tag Team. Oh, God. Like, I mean, it just, the energy, the uh, watching them play has just been a different the last week. You know, they took the Bruins out in a shootout. They took the Jets to a shootout. Winning games. Demko's on fire. Mm-hmm. And Bruce Rigo's just smiling. He's having a different personality with the media. Yeah. And then they hired Jim Rutherford, who a lot of people say he makes a lot of trades and kills teams but he's won three stanley cups you know he's aggressive so i mean windows don't last long in the nhl you got a window to win yeah you pick some players right the city it's like it's like fantasy football right you got a good team you think you have a chance to win but there's a lot of people oh i don't want to trade my first round draft pick or this or that and then they lose Mm -hmm. every year well, if you're paying that money, don't you want to win? Yeah, you know what? You worry about that next year. 
right? Next year is next year. You try to win this year, but a lot of people stand pat. Well, I'm not trading this. I'm not trading that. I made offers to flip to people that would have won the league, would have won a championship. But they're like, oh, no, I'm not trading my, my draft picks. Right. Okay, well, then, you know what? Have fun. Because some other guy's going to be aggressive and do it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a chance here, too, but that's the point. That's the whole point of sports. That's the whole point of fantasy. That's the whole point of everything in life. Take a damn chance once in a while. Yeah. Have some cojones. You know? Have some balls. Then these people man. quit eventually. Yeah. Because then these people quit after, oh, you know, I just can't win anymore. Well, because you've done nothing. Right? Yeah, the waiver wire is good, but send some picks over to a team that's got a couple of players. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, jeez. That's the way the sports is. That's the way the NHL is. That's the way. I mean, look at the lot of Braves. They made a bunch of trades. Bam. Yeah. They win the World Series. Nationals made a bunch of trades. Bam, won the World Series. Dodgers made a bunch of trades. Really? Well, they did, and yeah. they won the World Bam, Series. Won the World Series. <laughs> Not this that's how, that's what happens, right? You need to make moves, right? It's like my it's like my theme or my motto for the Cowrie Flames. Cowrie Flames a few years ago, first in the West. Trade deadline comes around, they didn't make a move. Did not make one move. Every other team made a move to make themselves stronger. So from now on, Cowrie Flames are known as this. Oh, trades are expensive. Prospects are cheap. And that's what I keep telling my Flame fans mm-hmm. that are buddies of mine. Right? You have a chance to go for it, you go for it. Who cares about the prospects? Oh, well, we like this guy. You know what? The guy hasn't done anything in the last few years. Could have won you a Stanley Cup a couple years ago. Nope, he sat on the sideline while everybody else did their moves. And it you cost them the first round when they lost to the Avs. I think a good motto for that would be, what have you done for me lately? Yep. That'd be the best way to go. What have you done for me lately? And you look at, look at Seattle with Pete Carroll. He's on the Mm -hmm. hot seat. You know, he's won a Super Bowl. Came to the playoffs eight of the last nine years, right? They've won like a bunch of division titles. Yep. You know, but what have you done lately? You know, you still have mm-hmm. the Russell Wilson, you still have a decent team. Yeah. You know, made some really interesting dropping moves that didn't work out. But at the end of it, it is. It's yeah. what have you done for me lately? That's what sports is. Let's stick with hockey because we're about to make fun of the Coyotes for oh, the yes, we stupidest are. reasons possible. Um, for those that don't pay attention to hockey or have a life and don't, you know, worry about the small stuff like JC and I do, a few weeks ago, the Arizona Coyotes were on the verge of being locked out of their own arena. And when I mean by own arena, I mean the place that they play. They actually don't own it. Uh, because they did not pay their taxes. It was something like, what was it, a quarter of a million dollars they owed? $1.3 million. Oh, okay, I apologize. Wrong amount. And you can't just say, oh, the check's in the mail. Right. (laughs) Yeah, you can't can't use that Weird Al song, (laughs) the check's in the mail. Um, So it gets better. Because yeah. they did pay their taxes. But now, they haven't paid their rent. 
Like, can we just end the Arizona experience? Sorry for the Arizona fans. You can have an AHL team or two. Can the Coyotes just slowly get out of Arizona, get out of Phoenix, get out where they need to go, go to Quebec City, where the place will be sold out every night, where you're going to generate more revenue, the salary cap's going to go up. I can't believe players are even accepting the fact that the Coyotes are still in the league in Arizona, right? If, If they're in Quebec City... As of right now, the salary cup would have went up from one million that's supposed to go up next year to about you know, two or three or four million dollars more a year. I I Garrett. heard I had heard that they might be moving to Houston next season. I heard that too, but why yeah. Houston? Yeah. I mean Houston's one of those towns that has been said a bunch of times about putting an NHL team there. And I would get it because Dallas has one, so you have to, you know, give another one to Houston. But Houston's not, I don't think, and and I could be wrong, Houston's not a hockey town. They are a football town. They are a baseball town. They are a basketball town. But I don't think they're a hockey town. And they are... Houston, this is what I think of Houston. They're a bunch of cheating, wanting to throw and lose games, and I don't know anything about their basketball team. But that's what Houston brings to me, right? you got the cheating Astros, you got the Texans who don't want to win a game because they're training with everybody under the sun for... they got a quarterback that doesn't want to be there. grass and soil. Yeah, you got to... A guy who you can get, and they want three draft, first-round draft picks for him. And I'm going, Russell Wilson's going to be worth a lot more than that. Houston is a disaster. Don't put don't put a hockey team in Houston yet. If you want to do that, make them an expansion team down the road. But I think Quebec City needs to get a hockey team. You need to generate revenue. Talk to Mr. Bettman. That's all I'm going to say. I would, but uh, I keep going to voicemail. Yeah. So. <laughs> but you know what doesn't? I mean, Florida is another failed experiment. The Florida Panthers. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. How can these players in this league, when it's revenue-based for the salary cap, Except this. Well, the thing with Florida teams, and and this is probably why the Panthers are going to be there a little bit longer, is because they have no state tax in Florida. And that way, you know, if the players decide to live in Florida, they can get all of their money. Yep. But I mean, when you only have... 7,000 people going or 700 people going. Okay, now where's the revenue coming in from? From your TV deals? Okay, fine. Fair enough. But what about your ticket price? What about your parking? What about your food? No, that's all revenue. That's revenue that drives up the salary cap. And doesn't matter what the... I mean, like I said, the NHL said salary cap's going up $1 million next year. 
You had a team in Quebec City playing all year? You're probably looking two to three million dollars that's going up. You know, because I guarantee the TV deals will be bigger. You're going to sell out the stadium. You're going to sell enough jerseys. You're going to sell a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And yet we got failed experience in Florida, in Arizona. I mean, at least Carolina's kind of getting it. Yeah. But, you know, Dallas there's two teams that need it. to. Yeah. And Florida's winning. And they're not yeah. on the stand. They've got more points you know? than any other team in the league. Yep, and then you got Tampa Bay, right? They win, they're winning, so they're going to fill the stands. But they've always had good support for the Lightning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they get more fans for Lightning games than they do for Rays. When the Rays play, yeah. Which I can't wait till they move to Montreal next year for half a season. <laughs> oh man! In a world. Oh. Yeah, oh, and you know what? It's happening. It's going to happen. Right? Uh, I, I I want to agree with you, but I don't know, man. I mean, it's going to come down with the Rays thing. It's going to come down to if they have with the townspeople, you know, the, 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 the town government in Tampa, you know, in that area. And they're going to make, I think, one last proposal and then if they don't it'll be like see ya we're gone we're taking our services somewhere else yeah. and stop playing at a dumpy stadium yeah that stadium can go it's worse than FedEx Field well I mean FedEx Field did have now two sewage lines that broke this year yeah, Went on the last Monday Night Football against Seattle. I don't think Tampa Bay is on that yet. But they yeah, got, but, I mean, it is. A, it is. It's ranks right up there with FedEx Field. I mean, at least with, FedEx Field gets fans. Tropicana yeah. Field doesn't get squad. Not even the mice want to go over there. Nope, it's a dump. They got catwalks over. They got all these rules. I mean, it's not even fit for a Little League team to play in there. <laughs> So get rid of that stadium, Tampa Bay. Like, do something about it, right? You got a good Please. team in there. You know, there is support. I mean, the Bucks sell out. The Lightning sell out. You know, do something. Don't your team will be gone. Jason. And that dumpy stadium will still be there. JC. Yes, yes. You know how we have the different wonders of the world? You know, like the, the beautiful, majestic places? Yes. When they talk about it, Many years from now, Tropicana Field will be on that list that it'll be more of a wonder of the world, as in, I'm wondering how this even was made. The wonderless wonders of the world. <laughs> like, man. I mean, when it thunders, you hear it outside. Or inside when you're in the stadium. I hear it on TV when I'm watching the Blue Jays play. You know, like... I mean, geez. I mean, it's not as bad as the the Metrodome was when the Twins were playing there. Wow. You know, when when the roof fell in. That was kind of a or interesting moment in itself. We'll yeah. go with that. But I mean, you know, it's something that needs to be 
be settled with. Miami, Florida, the, the Marlins, same thing. They don't get fans. That's another failed experiment. Uh, like, you know, okay, you know what? Okay, I'm going to disagree with you on that, on that statement, for this reason. Okay. They had, in a six-year period, two world championship teams. The only reason yeah. that people think, and, and I'm I'm a part of it too, I'm not going to say I'm not, that it's a failure is not because they don't get, you know, the poor attendance or the location or whatever. It's because they've had lousy ownership the entire time the organization's been around. How many other organizations can you think of that after winning a World Series gives all their players away to the other teams? Yeah. Because, I mean, it's like, was a was an idiot. Like, the Yankees were never going to do that. Boston was never going to nope. do that. You you could name every team since Miami won their first world their first world title, and even their second, and be like, that team would never give up all their players. That team would never sell all their players. Yep. yep. It's ownership. It has been bad ownership. And that's and it. Now they got. Now they got Derek Cheater and group in there. And good luck with Derek. I, you know, if he can't fix it, then I'm the move. No Where would you move him? I would move a team to Vegas. I think that's where the Oakland A's will go. No, actually, I've heard the A's are staying in Oakland. Unless they're going to build that stadium. Right. I haven't heard much about the stadium lately, but it's got to be... Because I know if they weren't going to build a stadium, Oakland was gone. Right. And they weren't going to build a football stadium because they said they could get more use on the baseball stadium. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see what happens. I mean, right now we're locked out anyways. Yeah, and let's talk about that real quick. The lockout. Actually, this is a good transition into baseball in general. Uh, not surprising, obviously, to you or I, that this happened. Yeah. yeah. I'm more optimistic than you are, I think it's safe to say, that we will have a season next year. Oh, well, we have a full season. I think we'll have a season. I don't know if we're going to have a full season. If if they can I mean, get it all done by February, then I think they can get a, a full season in. Yeah. Because you need to have a full training camp this year. Right. Right from when pitchers start to the end. Because last year, I mean, two years ago, we had a 60-game schedule. We had two train camps. Last, this past year was a disaster with a lot of injuries. You have to have a full training camp. Mm-hmm. Can't half-ass it. And for all those players saying, oh, look, having a half, having spring training 2.0 is great because we don't have to, because everybody hates spring training. Well, you know what? Spring training saves a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. Right? It saves a lot of injuries. It creates a timing. You have to play baseball every day. You know, mm-hmm. good on you to get some of these rookies in. 
do some split squads with the rookies, but for main players, you have to play at least get at least 60, 70 percent of your bats. In. Yeah. You know, pitching you you have to warm up to a certain point to get your to be able to be stretched out. Season's a long season. It is. And if they cavalry, I think we will have a shortened season again. And it's going to hurt baseball. It will definitely hurt baseball. I I remember hearing this a week ago. Uh, Tony Kornheiser, on pardon the interruption, had this stat. Of all the times that there has been a lockout in baseball, and I, and I want you to guess on this. How many games have there been lost in lockouts? Not strikes, lockouts. Well, the players went on strike in 94. Right. And then we didn't have an interruption. We did a lockout before then. Hmm. Maybe there's been no games interrupted by lockouts, has there? None. I know strikes there has been. Strikes there have been. Lockouts, zero. None. 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 Which gives me more hope. Yeah. But, I mean, you look at all the money that was signed before they were locked out. So it's not about money. Mm-hmm. I mean, Texas spent $500 million on two players. Yeah. So you can't go with crying that we're broke. Oh, no. Right? Especially in this time and day and age, you can't be can't be saying that at all. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're broke. We need to, you know, whatever. The owners own the players play. Figure it out. Get on the field. Get going at it. Are you guys going to embarrass yourself and stop saying we're doing this for the future generation of baseball players? Because you're not. Because you're doing it for yourself. A future generation. Yep. And you're doing it for yourselves. With this free agency, with everything else that's going on, they want you're doing it for your guy for yourselves. And if they're serious about this, then you better make sure that international players aren't getting millions of dollars while a guy who gets drafted gets gets maybe 20000 30000 makes it to the, to the show at maybe five, six, maybe $800,000, and you're playing with a guy who had a, because he was born in Dominican Republic, making four or $5 million a year. you got to balance that across the board. You know, you know, or do an international, do an international draft. draft, right? Right. That's another thing. Maybe they should think about do an international draft. Mm-hmm. Because they're signing these players when they're 15, 16 years old. Yeah. Coming out of out of some of these these places, right? Dominican, Cuba, uh, Mexico, Puerto Rico. Yep. Yeah, Korea, Japan. Korea and Japan's a little different because if you are signed with that team, you have to do so much service with them. And then you do the league, then, then the major league baseball team has to, I mean, you're not getting an 18 year old Korean superstar, you know, he's put his time in and then they have the transfer window kind of like soccer saying, Hey, we'll give you hundred million dollars if we can negotiate with them, you know, kind of deal. Yeah. So, so they've already, they've already paid, paid. I mean, they paid their dues. Put that way, professionally. 
where a 16-year-old has it. You know, they all work hard, and I get that, right? Same with college kids, all that, but I think it needs to be an even playing field. Because, and that's where the American players and the Canadians are saying, hey, you know what, this isn't fair. Right, by the time I get to free agency, I want to make a ton of money. So we want to lower the free agency. And that's another, that's another thing, the, the free agency period. Because I was talking to uh, a friend of mine, Ted, about the free agency. And it's like you have to have, like when you start, you have to have six years of service, like playing time for your team that was drafted, you know, that drafted you before you become a free agent. I think it should be lowered. I think it should be five, at, at least at the max. Um, he said three, which I understand, but it's kind of also like, yeah, kind of, you know, maybe risking the possibility of these young guys who, if, you know, they are good for that three-year period and then they sign this big contract to another team and then they get hurt right away, it's wasted money. That's why I say five would be the max for me. Yeah, see, and the thing is, right now because baseball is so, there's no parity in baseball, right? Who can spend the most money? The way I look at it is like that, right? So if you, if you go three years, you're going to have a team of all these young superstars, you know? I think if you're going to do it, because right now, because a lot of players won't play to like they, till the season's, what, three weeks in, then you bring them up because you get an extra year of service with them. You know, these are the guys who spend money on them. With the talent, with training, and stuff like that, right? So if you want to go five years, that's fine. But now you guys start giving up draft picks. You give up a draft pick, just like hockey. They're a restrictive free agent, right? So if Vladdy goes on the, if Vladdy goes on there, and you want to sign him to twenty million dollars, thirty million dollars for ten years, you're giving up five or six first round draft picks the next ten, the next six drafts. Or they could do what the NFL has done, and I think it's been a very successful move, is have them sign a four-year contract with the team option for the fifth. Yeah, that's only if you're a first-round draft pick. Yeah. Right, so the team has the option of picking them up or not. Mm -hmm. But then they also get, but then the NHL, or they also get compensated, right? Mm -hmm. In the NFL. So if you lose a bunch of players, good players, and it doesn't matter their age, right? If you lose them, then you'll get a compensatory pick in the third round, right? Now, football is different because a third-round player can be a superstar in this league. Exactly. Where a second or third round or in the baseball, you may, you may never ever make it to the show. Mm-hmm. You know, where the players turn out college, they're ready to play football. There's not too many. You don't say, well, we're going to drop this guy. We're going to train him for three years, unless he's a quarterback. You know, seems to be the only way that that's the only position they seem to develop under somebody else. Yeah. So, but I am, I, it will be interesting to see what happens over the next few year, few weeks. I think January will be interesting. We'll see what happens because you still got a bunch of players that aren't signed. Yeah. Big name players. Freddie Freeman's one. You know, Correa is another one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we got some other players who were signed. Right? They had the big frenzy. So, 
we'll see what baseball does. Baseball does. Exactly. This is this is gonna be make or break for this for the sport. I think right now. Mm-hmm. Right. They're losing fans with age. They're losing fans here. Losing fans there. I think they need to. If there's any interruption this season this year, it's gonna be a long time, if ever, if they can ever get back. Yeah. And I I don't think they will. Now, let's uh let let's stay with baseball and more on a on a positive side, because the Baseball Hall of Fame this week they had their committee uh meetings and votes for the Golden Days Era Committee and the Early Baseball Era Committee, and in total, six new inductees will be going into Cooperstown this July. Congratulations. Congratulations. Um, I'll go through um, each. We'll, we'll go through each one. We'll start with the Golden Days Era Committee. They had four that got in. Almost had five. We'll talk about the fifth one in a minute. Uh, so the four that got in, Minnie Minoso, who received 14 votes. By the way, uh, with these committees, it's a 16-person committee. You need 12 votes to get in. So Minnie Minoso had 14 votes, Gil Hodges had 12, Jim Cott had 12, and Tony Oliva had 12. Dick Allen had 11 votes. One vote short of getting in. Uh, the, the other remaining uh, possible people... Ken Boyer, Roger Maris, Danny Murtaugh, Billy Pierce, and Maury Wills each received three or fewer votes. Does that mean they'll be on the next ballot? Um, well, and, and this is where, you know, the conversation that I did when I did my videos last week, you know, is something that I kind of want to talk about because the Golden Days Era Committee meets once every five years. So the next time, because I would imagine Dick Allen's going to be on that ballot in five years. It's the other people I'm not sure of. I don't know if Boyer's going to get, you know, a, a, a chance. I don't know if Maris is. I don't know if any of these guys will. So it'll be interesting to see. And then with the early baseball era committee, they had only two get in. Buck O'Neill, who got 13 votes, and Bud Fowler, who got 12 votes, are going in. Uh, A lot more people got votes uh, than in the other committee. Vic Harris got 10. He was too short. John Donaldson got eight votes. Allie Reynolds had six votes. And Lefty O'Doul had five votes, and George Scales had four votes. Bill Dolan, Grant Johnson, and Dick Redding each received three or fewer votes. And this is where my problem comes in, JC. Yeah. And this is something that, for me, not only as a baseball fan, but a guy who loves stats and loves the history of baseball, they need to change the timing as far as the early baseball era committee. 
because they don't meet yeah. for yeah. 10 years. 10 years. And by then you could I have would, three or four people on the committee who passed away. Right. I would you know, like a lot to of, see... Doctors. Mm -hmm. I would like to see the early baseball era committee, which is basically from the beginning until before 1950 or into 1950. I would like to see them be meeting once every five years, like the Golden Days Committee, because there are some talented people, you know, from before then that should have more chances to get in. Um, like Donaldson, you know, eight votes, Harris, 10 votes. You know, just because they got those eight and 10 votes now, if they're back on the ballot in 10 years, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're yep. going to get the yep. necessary votes. Yeah, exactly. And you might have a whole different committee. Mm-hmm. Right? Which is why I think you need to have it be once every five years, the same as the Golden Days Committee. Yeah. Because at least with the Golden Days Committee, you know... Dick Allen, like five years is not a long time. So Dick no, Allen, no. he's, I would almost guarantee he will be on that ballot in five years. And then whoever else, you know, that could be up for consideration. But it's not a guarantee with the, you know, early committee. We don't know if Harris is going to no. be on that ballot. We don't know if any of those guys that didn't get in are going to be on that ballot. Yeah, exactly. It's a scary thought. Um, yep. then oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say it's and like like you say right it's and the committee based. You don't know those some of those guys are going to be on there, right? You might have a whole different crew that have different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you could have. Because obviously not the same people are going to be on those committees. They, I think they do have to change them up. But you could have different historians. You could have different Hall of Famers that are on those committees that might be against one of them and for the other when it should be the other way around. You know, like they may be more in favor of this guy than that guy. I just think and it they might be think every baseball, and, and they might think, like you say, they might think the game different, right? Mm -hmm. You know, oh, the right fielder wasn't as important as the shortstop. Right. You know? So, it's going to be intriguing, I think, at the end of the day. But to get six in, that yeah. is quite a feat in itself. And... These are people who long deserve to be in. Buck O'Neill should have been in when they did that whole uh, Negro League uh, voting process 15 years ago. He should have been in on that. Yep. Yep. That should not have taken 15 years to get him finally in the Hall of Fame. Um, yep. Yep. I'm glad Gil Hodges got in. Because that's like the one Brooklyn Dodger everyone was like, how's he not in? How's he not in? 
I'm, I mean, I'm happy, you know, don't get me wrong. Like I did the two videos. I'm, I'm sure you watched them. I yep. had a hard time picking my four from each, believe me. Well, and it's tough, right? I mean, it's, you, you know, especially when all you have to look at really is some stats, maybe some, read some news reports, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of deal. There wasn't much for video back then. If it's all grainy, you know, and obviously baseball is played different than it is today. Yeah. So, but uh, congratulations to everybody who got into the hole. Yes, and the fans Better luck too. next time for ones who, yep. Better luck for the ones who didn't. They're close. You know, as much as me and Bill love baseball, it's, you know, in five, ten years, we're going to have the steroid committee coming in to vote a couple of guys in. Well, it's kind of interesting you mentioned that, JC. <laughs> next fall is the Today's Game era committee. <laughs> and that is for players from 1988 through the present or not play well, so once you've been, you, but you know managers yeah. umpire you know yeah, yeah. So owners or people who've done something so so that's so the next Bonds might get in clemens might get in so so might get in see that's and i'm and again i'm glad you brought that up because i see I, and i was thinking about that when i did my video when the ballot came out and, you know, knowing that this committee, you know, it, it, it's got its next turn next year. I don't know. I don't know what the rule is. Maybe I'll look it up. Um, if they have to wait a certain number of years to get, you know, onto the ballot of the committees, I'm not really sure. Um, I would think, I think once you're eliminated from the, the yeah, once you're, I think once you're eliminated from the Hall of Fame, balloting right after the, so many years and not being on there or not mm -hmm. making that percentage, right. you should have a chance. Like Fred McGriff should get in next year. Oh, he should. He definitely should. Right. I guarantee. I will. My bold prediction is Fred McGriff gets into the Hall of Fame. Okay, so here are <laughs> Bill's. Right. He's like speechless on that one. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm. I'm not. I, I was actually looking up the rules, but no, I agree with you. I think Fred McGriff should be in. If that '94 yeah. strike hadn't happened, McGriff would be. You know, he would already be in. He'd have his 500 plus home runs. Yeah. Okay, so here are the rules. This is for the eras, the 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 era rules for election. Section okay. A. Eligible candidates must be selected from managers, umpires, executives, and players who meet the following criteria related to their classification. So this is this is going to settle our talk of if Bonds and Clemens are going to get on next year. Hey. Players who played in at least 10 seasons, 10 major league seasons, who are not on the ineligible list, and have been retired for 15 or more seasons. Managers and umpires with 10 or more years in baseball and retired for at least five. Candidates who are 65 years or older are eligible six months following retirement. 
and executives retired for at least five years. Active executives 70 years or older are eligible for consideration regardless of the position they hold in an organization and regardless of whether their body of work has been completed. Okay. Okay. So you're talking anyone that's retired, hasn't played, said 15 years for players? For players. So 2004. And this this is Clemens, Bonds, Schilling, and Sosa's last year on the ballot. Yep. So they might, maybe they get on? If if they don't get in, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, there's 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 some good players there that should get in right away. Mm -hmm. Which will knock. knock. Maybe one of the steroid boys will get in. in. Maybe. Maybe. Right. It'd be between Bonds and Clements. I think one of them them may have a shot at getting in. I can't see both. both. And the other thing, real quick, with the committees, and this is why I think... If Clemens and Bonds don't get in, they might, and that's the key word, might, have a better shot of getting in through the committee is because it's not made up of media. It is made up of your peers, you know, managers, players, executives, and then also historians. Whereas with the annual ballot, it is through the writers, and we know how terrible... Bonds and Clemens treated the media. Oh, you don't want to burn a bridge. You'd be nice to right. media. Mm-hmm. Right? Unless they're, unless they're a bunch of total idiots. Right. Like this guy I'm arguing with on Facebook about firefighters. So. You know. I don't know. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into the college football and the college football playoff. It is all set. New Year's Eve, Alabama and Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl, Michigan and Georgia in the Orange Bowl. First of all, I was working last week, so I had some of the games on the Sears satellite while I was in and out of my truck, driving around to different jobs. Did Georgia even decide to show up for that game? Sounds like they just got down in all three aspects of the game. You know, they're playing in Atlanta. And here, I hear on the radio from uh, any song that had Alabama in it was blasting in that stadium. Yep. You know. And the tide rolled all right over the Bulldogs, who people were saying might have been the best team ever in college. Mm-hmm. Hadn't given up more than 17 points in a game all year. Get absolutely, the guy, you know, get from pick sixes to fumbles to just, maybe Georgia thought it would be a cakewalk. Maybe. And now they got to go face Michigan. And Michigan is playing their very best at the right time right now. Yep. yep. And I'm not a big Jim Harborough fan Harborough because of the the Niners sit Niner Seahawks situation and mm-hmm. all that stuff. All that stuff. Right. You know, I have no respect, no respect for him, but 
you know, he won coach of the year this year. And he's got that team team playing well. Now, Georgia should beat Michigan. Alabama should beat Cincinnati. But as we see in the NFL this year, as we see in the NFL this year, that anything could, right now anything's possible. Even in college, anything's possible. Right now. Well, I'm going to show everyone why sometimes Bill has some balls. Are you, are you putting money on Cincinnati? Cincinnati? Cincinnati's going to beat Alabama. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. I, I told a couple people this, and I'm going to tell the whole world right now. Alabama, okay. Okay. Alabama is not going to be able to handle with that Cincinnati defense. Cincinnati's defense, it's not, it's not Georgia. Believe me. I I don't compare Cincinnati's defense to Georgia's defense. No, but no. but man, when they go for you, they go for you, and they are not afraid. That defense is not afraid at all. And Alabama lost one of their top wide receivers due to injury for the for the for this playoff season when he was killing Georgia. And Cincinnati's very sneaky on offense. They're very sneaky. I had said... I had said early on, if a group of five team was going to make it, it was going to be Cincinnati. They've made it. Now they got to prove that they belong in the dance. And... This Alabama team is the perfect team to do this to. Alabama is on cloud nine. They're the number one team in the country. And this is not their best Alabama team. Cincinnati is primed to beat them New Year's Eve. Yeah, I, you know what? I would, I mean, there's some money to bet this this year. I would recommend Cincinnati at least covers the spread. At least covers the spread. I guess we'll see what, what spreads what are here in a little bit. Let me, let me, must have the yeah, spreads right now. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look them up right now. Uh, dang, I thought they would have had the. Uh... Hold on, I'm, I'm I'm looking it up, everyone. Don't don't worry, I'm I'm looking them up. Um, now. The best case scenario, and hold on, I gotta take my uh, Bluetooth headphone off. Okay. Hello? Hello. Okay. Bluetooth just died on me. But the best case scenario for Cincinnati was for Alabama to win that game. Mm hmm. And not having to go up against Georgia. Right. Okay. Uh, Bulls. All right, there we go. So, obviously, the point spread can change between now and the time of both games. For the Cotton Bowl, as of this recording, December 11th, 
Alabama is a 13.5-point favorite against Cincinnati. Georgia is a 7.5-point favorite against Michigan. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You know, of all the teams that got screwed over on on this was Michigan having to play Georgia in the first round. Because if – I mean – I mean, whether you're Cincinnati, whether you're Cincinnati or, you're Michigan, or you're Michigan, you wanted Alabama. Yeah. You wanted Alabama. And now the wide receiver hurts. And, but, I mean, hey, man, it's it's saving, right? He knows how to win. He knows how to coach. But same part, I don't, I don't think you – I mean, Georgia probably learned a lesson from the way that they played. They took, they took Alabama for granted, and they got stomped on. And, and I wouldn't want to be Michigan, be Michigan with Georgia coming into town. It's going to be interesting. I mean, I still think this Georgia team's one of the best teams I've ever seen. But yep. the way yep. Michigan's playing, it they're, they're, like I said, they are playing their very best at the right time. And that that's scary. And I'll t- say one thing though. I think we might be in for some good college ball game or bowl games this year. Mm-hmm. Right with these with these four, where previous times you know the fourth place team came in, whether it be the Washington Huskies or whatever, playing Alabama again, and the game's over by halftime. Yeah, these games are going to go. These games are going to go near to the end. Yeah. And it's going to be good. It's going to be exciting. It's going to give a reason for people to say, don't expand the college playoffs. You know? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, the committee needs to get it right. And this year, they got it right. Yeah. Because could you imagine if Cincinnati didn't make it to the to the playoffs? Oh, my God. Man, there, there would have been an eight. You would have seen an 18 playoff year in the next few years. There would have been a riot. Yeah. You know, remember when, uh, was that UCF or whatever, a few years ago, mm-hmm. they went undefeated? And they didn't get in, and then they win their New Year's Six Bowl game, and they proclaim themselves yeah. the national champions. Gave everybody extra money and put a banner. <laughs> I mean, they had a legit argument. Yeah, and that's where, I mean, yeah. and I still think you need to have I mean, an 18 playoff would be great. You would have those you'd, of the Power Five, and because every team seems to be moving to the Power Five now, you, each winner would be an automatic. You're in the you're in, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have three wild card teams. So, obviously, you'd have two division champs playing against each other, two conference champs playing against each other, four versus five. Then you have three wild card teams. You could have an you. You would have an undefeated team in there. You may have two 10-1 teams in there. You might have Notre Dame in there. So Notre Dame got cost because they didn't have a conference game or championship game this year. You know? Yeah, and their only loss was to Cincinnati, a really good team. Yep. 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 But, I mean, if it was an playoff team, Notre Dame's in this year. Yeah. 
you know. It's going to be fun to watch the uh you know those two games and the bowl season actually begins this Friday. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why. Yeah. Okay, maybe you could explain this to me cuz you you seem to have the answers. Why is our first bowl game on a Friday afternoon at 12 o'clock when everyone is at work. Okay, well, first of all, see, there's so many bowl games. There's so many bowl games out there, and they need to fulfill every sponsor that's put it in there, right? So they decide, you know, we're going to put one on a Saturday at, what, you said noon? On a Friday. On a Friday at noon. You know what? That, That gives me a chance maybe to take off half the day to go watch that bowl game. You know, I think the NCAA is looking after their fans by saying, take Friday off. Enjoy the first bowl game. You know, it might be the... It's not a national holiday. (laughs) It it might be the the salary growers of America bowl game. (laughs) For all I know. uh, You know. It's actually the Bahamas Bowl. (laughs) Are they playing the Bahamas? Yeah, they are playing in the Bahamas. Well, see, right there, right? See, that is a perfect time. I've been to the Bahamas, and I was there for when they had their, uh, they had a, they had, they have their NCAA basketball tournament there every year before COVID hit. And it was a small arena, and if you didn't have tickets, you couldn't get in, right? But I was in a hotel, and you had Nebraska fans there, and you had a bunch of, I forget, some of the other teams there. I'll tell you what, man, people went down there to watch it. All these teams, all these boosters, families. I saw people wearing shirts. They had like the kid's last name on the shirt, and then they'd have another shirt be like the kid's last name would be like, say it's Tyson, it'd be like, this is Tyson's mom, right? It was packed with people watching the NCAA. Now you're going to the Bahamas to watch it? That's a perfect time. 12, because you're looking about two, is that 12 Eastern, two o'clock? 12 Eastern. You're a little bit out of time, so. Yeah, so that's perfect. Perfect for the Bahamas, I think. Because people are going to go down there. And there are people that do go down there to celebrate Christmas. Yes. I was there for American Thanksgiving a few years ago. It was excellent. Mm-hmm. That's when they had the, the basketball tournament. And it, I think, okay, so that's a perfect start for it because you, I mean, maybe not me or you, but hey, maybe you want to go to the Bahamas. Oh, look, there's a bowl game on. We're going to go. You know, the rest of us are saying, I'm saying minus 30 degree weather probably by next Friday. Uh, Watching this. See, what's, uh, <laughs> what's the weather going to be for me next Friday? Let me check. Uh, Friday, 59 and partly sunny. Oh, see, it's going to be nice for yeah, Bill. You could sit outside in a lawn chair, walk, listen to the game on the radio. <laughs> But, but here's my other here's my other thing before we go through just the names of the bowl games. We're not going to preview every game. No. Like, because I work in the education field, as everyone knows by now. What if I have a team that is in one of these games? Like, let's say I'm a middle Tennessee fan or a Toledo fan. Those are the two teams that are playing. And I want to see this game, but I'm working at school. You want me to waste a day off to watch a bowl game? But, I'm, I'm just saying. You know, yeah, 
But if you're going to waste that day, next thing you know, you're going to see Bill in the stands in the Bahamas. <laughs> right? Just, just give me, just bring me a, bring me a hot date with me, and I'll be good. I, I'll go. <clears throat> you know, and actually, you know what? She doesn't have to be a ten. She could be an eight. She could be a six. As long as I think yeah. she's good looking. It could be. It could be Tori from the WWE Hall of Fame. Hey, I, I, no problem there. I don't problem. Shit. <laughs> I know. Uh, dang it, I cursed. <laughs> oh, he did. Bill <laughs> 2 Jay Caesar. I'll put a quarter in the swear door but, later. <laughs> but I think with it being the Bahamas, I think it's a good start to the season anyways, right? I mean, fans will go down there. I've seen fans go down there for the basketball tournament down there that they had. Yeah. I think it's like the big, big ball, 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 or big boys, something like that, or bad boys tournament. And it's it's perfect, right? And then you're going to, I mean, you're, you have what, 300 bowl games to do in 10 days. Right. You got to play them sometime, right? I mean, Major League Baseball plays a playoff game at 11 at, in the morning in the first round. Let's go through all the. Well, not the not the big ones. We're not going to do the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl. We're we're not going to do those. We're going to do the minor yeah. named bowl games, and yeah. uh, let's see if we get a winner. Okay. So obviously the first one is the Bahama Bowl, the Bahamas Bowl. I like that. It, I like that. It doesn't need a sponsor. It, it's its well, own sponsor. You know, with beaches, with the river, with, with heat, river. with exactly. with unlimited boobs. You got Atlantis exactly. there. See. It's its own sponsor. Yep. yep. All right. Uh, then we have the Tail Greeter Cure Bowl. The, the what? The, the what? Tail Greeter Cure Bowl. Yeah. I don't even know what that is. I mean, <laughs> what is Tail Greeter? I'm, I'm going to look that up real quick. A lawnmower? a lawnmower? <laughs> uh, all right. This is from their website. Uh, the idea of Tail Greeter was born after brothers, co-founders, and fans of the Tailgate experience, Nick and Mirko, stumbled on the problem of how hard tailgating could be while trying to plan a road trip to Alabama. Roll, roll time. The idea was simple. Create a marketplace that would give fans access to great tailgates everywhere they go. Instead of having to tailgate on their own, fans could join together with a group of people who were already out there. Everyone would get on, get to join in on all the fun without all the hassles. From the food and drink... Oh, Lord, they can't type... From the from the food and drink, it, although it's it looks like it says food and drink, recipes to the games and traditions, the tailgating experience would guarantee to make memories that lasted a lifetime. Tail Greeter was founded to tell these stories of fascinating communities of tailgaters, so that more people could experience the best way to spend a day. So, basically, it's to have a better tailgating party, I think. Okay, so here's my question. You know when you type in something in the GPS and you drive off the dock into the river? Yeah. 
right? Because it's the shortcut to where you want the restaurant you want to go is closer going that way. Yeah. Could you imagine if you're a Bears fan and you're in Green Bay and you put that in and they say, oh, you can tailgate over here. You go over there and there's 300 Packer fans and you're the only Bears fan there. <laughs> you know? Oh. oh, that. Oh, that's fantastic. All right. Uh, next one. The RoofClaim.com Boca Rattan Bowl. The PUBG Mobile New Mexico Bowl. The Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. See, I haven't heard of any of these companies. Yeah. The Lending Tree Bowl. I've heard of Lending Tree. This, this next one's a real winner. The Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl presented by Stifle. Wow. So you have two sponsors for that. Interesting. Interesting. The R&L Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Okay, a trucking company. The Myrtle Beach Bowl presented by Tax Act. Are they playing on the beach? Are they playing on the beach? Uh, no. Bowl game is the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. That kind of. We've all heard of the famous Idaho. Potato. Kind of tells it in itself, right there. The Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. Okay, I like that. The Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. Okay. Uh, this next one is actually made up because these two teams needed a bowl game, so it is the Frisco Football Classic, so that, that just gets a pass. The Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. These are real things, folks. The the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl. Okay, I like that because it's in Hawaii. It's yeah. warm. Again, that that one doesn't need a sponsor. It should just be the Hawaii Bowl. Yeah, the Hawaii Bowl. Yeah, Let Hawaii sponsor it. Yeah. The Tax Act Camellia, Camellia Bowl. Interesting. The Quick Lane Bowl. Quick Lane, is that like... I think that's that like cars. Fixing your vehicle? Yeah, probably. The Military Bowl, presented by Paraton. Does Army or Navy play in that bowl, at least? Uh, Army is in the Armed Forces Bowl. Oh, yes. The Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl. The... Mm -hmm. 
Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. I can get on board with that one. Okay. The AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Yeah, that's been around there for a bit, haven't yeah. They've been sponsoring for a while. Yeah. The San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. Hmm. Interesting. The Guaranteed Rate Bowl. See, a lot of these bowls are just, uh, it's just, yeah. The Wasabi Fenway Bowl. Yeah, Fenway's got a interesting. The New Era Pinstripe Bowl. The yeah, they do hats and stuff, so that makes yeah. sense for them. Yeah, it does. The Cheez-It Bowl. Yeah. The Valero Al- Alamo Bowl. Yeah. The Duke's Mayo Bowl. Ugh. Man, they got some weird ones. The Trans Perfect Music City Bowl. Uh, let's yeah, it's probably playing Nashville, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl. That that's one of the big ones. Yeah. The SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl. Okay. The Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Yeah. The Tony. That the one's Ti- playing Florida, is it? Yeah. The Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Oh. Why not just call Tony it the Tiger sponsoring fun? Why not just call it Frosted Flakes? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. And you said that's the Orange Bowl? No, that's the Sun Bowl. Oh, the Sun Bowl. Mm-hmm. The Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. Okay, which makes sense because, you know, they cover sports and stuff. And the last one, the Tax Act Texas Bowl. So we have three tax taxes being done yeah. for bowls. Mm-hmm. You've got some that are one sponsored by a country, even though we should have one for a country, one by a state. Yeah. You've got the tailgaters. Yeah. A couple sports, hats and stuff. Banks. And then some that are just out to left field. Yep, banks. I'm surprised. Remember when the – didn't PlayStation used to do a bowl game? Uh, actually, they still do. Okay. They That's are... one of the famous or the bigger on, ones. I can tell you which one. They are sponsoring the Fiesta Bowl. Okay. Yeah, they always do one, don't they? Yeah. And they do the big one. Mm-hmm. So. So those are the random named bowl games this holiday season. That Perfect. You, that you and your family can sit around and enjoy. Yes, and are you, do you when you do fantasy? Do you have ESPN fantasy? 
Like the app? Uh, I, I do have the ESPN Fantasy app. Okay, yeah, because you do the one that we do. Yeah. So, you know, every year they do a, uh, they do like a bowl kind of prediction thing. Mm-hmm. Which we should do for fun. I'd be up for that. And I'll put it, and I'll, I'll make it up and I'll put it onto our group. All right. For the listeners to put into it. Yeah, because the bowl we season Dan starts will be next it. week. Yep. And I would go down the Bahamas if I were you. And every of our fans, go down there. <laughs> it's beautiful. I'll start saving up my you money. Know. Now, the funny part is Bahamas is sometimes it does get a little cold, you know, like 19, 20 degrees Celsius, so mm-hmm. about 69, 65 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. You can always tell who the Canadians are because they're still sitting at the pool with no shirt on, drinking booze. Right. Everybody else is like, ooh, it's cold out here. <laughs> oh, my. Well, I think on that note, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, just to do the quick plugs, you guys can follow us on Twitter. It is JC Bill Sportcast. And you can join our Facebook group, the JC and Bill Sportscast. And that's really all you got to do. Just type that in. If you can't find it, it's okay. I put the link in the description of each and every episode so you guys can copy and paste and boom, add yourself in. Yep. I'm right. done. Yeah. Uh, next time around, uh, it more than likely will be our final show of the year and we're just going to have some fun as we always do. Yeah, it's usually we do it on a Saturday, but Saturday's a Christmas, but mm-hmm. Bill's off for a few days before and after I'm off for a few days before and after. So we'll do a little year in review and by then we should know what the playoffs are going to be like in the NFL mostly. Close to it. Maybe. So, uh, if we don't join you guys before Christmas, have a very Merry Christmas. Uh, Happy belated Hanukkah. I know we're a little late on that, but happy belated Hanukkah. Uh, Also, happy Kwanzaa for those that celebrate Kwanzaa. And join us for another episode of the JC and Bill Sportscast. We'll talk to you all next time. You guys have a good one.